It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 16 of season 2, and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Today it's an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly, one of the longest-running radio shows in history. It ran from April 16, 1935 to October 2, 1959, being a standalone comedy series for most of its run, and then a short 15-minute segment on the Monitor radio program for its last two years. It starred real-life husband and wife team Jim and Marion Jordan as the title characters and a very large cast of recurring characters, taking place in the peaceful town of Wistful Vista. Two of the show's characters, Beulah, the McGee's maid, and Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, their next-door neighbor, were spun off into their own successful radio and TV shows. The Jordans began their careers as a musical act on vaudeville, before starting a small radio program on the Chicago WENR radio station, Luke and Mirandi, and then the Smith family on the same station. In 1931, the Jordans switched to station WMAQ in Chicago and developed the radio comedy show Smackout, about a rural store owner who had full stocks but always claimed to be smack out of whatever the customers wanted. Smackout was picked up by NBC in 1933 and went national in 1935. The show then began a rewrite of the characters, the setting, the premise, and then became the Fibber McGee and Molly show that same year. It was such a huge hit that it later spawned several feature films and a short-lived TV show in 1959. So sit back and relax for the January 20th, 1948 broadcast of Fibber McGee and Molly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. You know, it's surprising how genuine Johnson's Paste Wax will actually make your furniture and floors more beautiful than they were the day they were brand new. The warm, shining luster of a well-waxed surface is more mellow and richer somehow. Not only do floors and furniture polished with Johnson's Paste Wax gleam and reflect the light and color of a lovely room, but they seem to say, here are precious things well cared for. Johnson's Wax makes all wood surfaces as well as floors much more easy to keep clean. Dust and dirt just won't stick to that hard, sparkling coat of gleaming wax. A light dusting and all dirt vanishes. Johnson's Wax protects your furniture from mars and scratches, too. Try it and enjoy the new richness it will give your furniture. Enjoy the luster and protection it will give your floors. Yes, enjoy the added beauty Johnson's Wax will bring to your home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. 
The auditorium of the Wistful Vista High School usually smells faintly of chalk, bubble gum, and wet overshoes. But tonight, those happy odors give way to those of face powder, chocolate cake, and wet overshoes. Because the Women's Club, Northside Branch, is taking it over for their annual bazaar. Mrs. Fibber McGee, a charter member, is explaining it to her husband. As we join, Fibber McGee and Molly! So when Mrs. Toops asked me if I was going to be there, I said, when have I ever missed a woman's club bazaar? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I just wanted to be sure you'd be there, and I said I would be, and she said she just wanted to know, and I said she needn't worry, and she said she wasn't worrying, she was just checking up, and I said she better check up on some of the members who never do show up, and she said she would. (laughs) And hung up. Tootsie, I sure wish we had an extension phone in here so I could listen in on some of these fascinating conversations. Oh, it wasn't very exciting, really. No, what Mrs. happened? Mrs. Toops just asked me if I was going to be there, and I said, when have I ever missed a woman's club bazaar? Mm-hmm. And she said she just wanted to know, and I said she needn't worry, and she yeah, said... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I think I'll go along, too. Well, good. You can help me carry the canned things I'm donating to the auction. Okay. What canned things are you taking? Oh, just some things I put up myself. Swell. Give them all them tomato preserves you put up during the war when it looked like there was going to be a tomato shortage, only there wasn't. I got so sick of tomato preserves, I couldn't... No, no. The ladies asked uh, especially for some of my bread and butter pickles that I put up every year, so I promised them six jars. Well, I still think that... Six jars of what? My bread and butter pickles. Oh. They have sort of a reputation, you know. Oh, Molly, you didn't. You couldn't. My gosh, kiddo, those are the last six jars of them pickles. I count them every day. You know how I love them. But, dearie, what could I do? The chairman of the committee yourself asked me for them, and, well, I... Well, they always bring a good price, you know. They ought to bring eight million bucks. Every ward on them pickles of yours is worth its weight in platinum. (laughs) Why, even them little bits of pickle cauliflower. Why, I could wear them things in my hair to parties, like orchids. (laughs) Hope that's Tom Brenneman. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Do come in. Thank you, my dear. Hello, Rumplepuss. Hi, Doc. Well, what's biting you, Long Lip? Uh, you look as unhappy as Gene Autry in an English saddle. <laughs> pickles. What's the matter with him, Molly? Why is our little pigeon pouting? I gave his pickles away. <laughs> Pardon me? Why don't you pay attention when my wife is talking, you road company killed heir? She said she gave away the last of my bread and butter pickles to the food sale at the bazaar at the high school tonight. You know those bread and butter pickles I put up every year, Doctor? Well, I promised six jars of them to the ladies of the women's hey, Wait, club. wait a minute. You mean those homemade pickles I made such a fool of myself over the last time I ate dinner here? Yeah, and believe me, Napkin Bandit, that was the last time you eat dinner here. <laughs> You ate enough of those pickles to have lasted me four weeks. You staggered out of here loaded with enough grub for the last six cars of the friendship train. (laughs) If I ever saw a human caboose wobbling out of our front door... Oh, now, please, McGee. Hung a lantern on it. Dr. Gamble was our guest. He is our guest. Hmm. Well, if it embarrasses him to have me as a guest, my dear, I can easily put this on a professional basis. Take off your shirt, McGee. Okay, the pain is right here. I will not take off my shirt. 
There's nothing the matter with me. Oh, I don't know. I see your hair is receding a little. <laughs> when you get a nice big bald spot, I'll come over with a crayon. Hmm? I've always wanted to see the Gettysburg Address written on a pinhead. <laughs> Why, you big... Now, now McGee, wait a minute. McGee, doctor, boys, now, please. Well... Now, I've got to go and get my pickles ready. You mean I... my pickles? She means my pickles. Huh? I'll be at that bazaar tonight, and I defy anybody to outbid me. Why, doctor, my goodness, I didn't know you cared about my pickles. Uh, probably my office, if you don't mind. I get it, Fatso. Maybe you're being called out of town on a consultation, like maybe to Rio de Janeiro or Malay Peninsula or someplace. <laughs> I hope. McGee's residence, Gamble speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Mrs. Clatterhatch. Hurricane. Your son? Oh, that's too bad. Yes, just wash it thoroughly and paint it with iodine and then sew the ear back on. Mm. Oh, heavenly days. What happened to the boy? Well, he plays football with a factory team. Got cut up in scrimmage. And you told her to sew his ear back on herself? E-A-R, yes. He Man. pays for Goodyear and the last three letters got torn off his sweater. Oh. <laughs> See, it's a bizarre show. Billy Mills and the orchestra and Golden Earrings. can't go through this winter facing a pickle famine. My favorite bread and butter pickles and our last six jars of bread and butter pickles. Yeah, but dearie, I promised the women's club I'd put them up for auction. Well. Now get them out of the kitchen like a good boy and put them in the car for me before we forget them. Uh, it's like auctioning off part of my family, but I'll do it. Hi, Georgia. Come in. Oh, hi, old-timer. Hello there, Mr. Old-timer. Hello there, kids. Say, you two going to the big beezer the women's club is holding at the high school tonight? It isn't Beezer, it's a bazaar, and we'll be there, all right. I guess almost everybody will be there. Everybody who counts, anyway. Can you count, old-timer? 
Well, I can get as far as 140 or 50, Johnny, so I guess I'll qualify. <laughs> You'll find me in the same spot all evening, playing bongo. Oh, you mean bingo. Nope, I mean bongo. Bongo, 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 I don't want to leave the Congo. <laughs> I'm the jukebox. I love good music, kid. Come from a musical family. Yeah? Papa, even as a little boy, he was a one-thing spiddler. A one-string fiddler? No, a one-thing spiddler. Hmm? He used to spiddle the fence and throw things at people one thing after another. <laughs> I didn't talk very plain till he was about 16. <laughs> By that time, so many people had talked plain to him, he kind of caught on to it. <laughs> I suppose you like to dance, too, Mr. Oldtimer. Oh, I sure do, daughter. <laughs> I used to be a great one for the bunny hug and the turkey trot, but I got too tall for bunnies and turkeys and had to start dancing with people. <laughs> Now I'm a jitterbug. <laughs> a jitterbug, eh? Jiu-jitsu with music. <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny, but that ain't the way I heard it. It isn't? No, the way I heard it, one feller says, tell the feller, say, he says. <laughs> My brother just picks things so he'll never have to pay another's nickel's worth of income tax. Is that so, says t'other feller. How'd he ever do that? Simple, says the first feller. He shot himself. <laughs> well, see at the Beezer, kid. Now, look, kiddo, about those pickles. Oh, get your mind off the pickles. Oh, okay, let's change the subject. Fine, fine. I saw an interesting item in the paper this morning. About pickles? I'm trying to get your mind off of pickles, dear. Oh. This item said the Russians were ready to talk about the money they owe us on Lend-Lease, finally. Talk about it, eh? I wish I could pay off my bills with conversation. By George, if people paid their bills the way countries do, there wouldn't be any people. What do you mean? Well, if people that owed people paid people that way, the people people owed it to would starve to death. And so would the people that owed people, too. Because those people would have people owing them. And, and if the people that owed the people that owed the people didn't pay the people, the people would be in a pickle. Ooh! Pickle. That's rather than easy. There must be some way we can save a few jars. And... Come in. Oh, it's the weatherman, McGee. Come in, Mr. Williams. Thank you, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hi, Si. Hey, how's the weather going to be for the Women's Club Beezer tonight, Foggy? Yes. Yes, what? Foggy. <laughs> Or at least it will look foggy. What do you mean? Between the cigarette smoke, the dust, and the lint from the $95 chinchilla coats, the air will be fairly thick. I usually find my way to an exit by waiting for a draft of fresh air and tracing it to its source. Hmm, that's a good idea, kid. Does it always work? Almost never. Hmm. Nine times out of ten, you find yourself with your nose against a ventilator. Or, if there's music, staring into a flute. <laughs> the time will come when science will give us exact weather information for weeks and months ahead. Oh, that time is already here, Mrs. McGee. For instance, I can tell you right now that we will have a heavy and continuous rainfall between June 12th and June 27th of this year. My gosh, Foggy, that's wonderful. How can you be so sure? That's when I take my vacation. <laughs> 
For 20 years, I've been trying to get a suntan. I always come home from vacations with mildewed clothing, wet sport shoes, and a hacking cough. Oh, uh, before I forget it, may I see your afternoon paper? Mine was not delivered today. Oh, certainly, Mr. Williams. Here it is, right here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Ah, clear and colder tonight, I see. Well, in that case, I'll be meeting you at the bazaar. Good day, probably. What a weatherman, what a weatherman. Has to look in the paper to see what the weather is going to be. Well, you can buy a paper for a nickel. And Mrs. Williams tells me that's more than the Weather Bureau can get out of Congress for new equipment. (laughs) But about those pickles. (laughs) Can't we just save one jar of pickles, Molly, so I can have... Oh, Molly, hi, pal. Hey, is it true, Molly? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Is what true? Yes, it's true, Junior. Six jars of them. But how'd you find out about it? It's all over town like Johnson's Wax, pal. And I'm going to be at that bazaar when it opens. I'm going to park myself right in front of the food booth and stick there to lay auction those pickles. Well, you better take along a few good books then, Junior. They always save the best stuff for the last, you know. Oh, I'll be okay, pal. I'm taking a chair and a table and a few cans of Johnson's Wax. Oh, I let him read it. While I'm waiting, I'll be showing anybody that happens along how Johnson's Wax protects and beautifies tabletops, chairs, and other fine furniture. While he's waiting, he says. I'll point out to all those eager housewives how Johnson Wax mm. kept home is a hospitable home, a clean home, a home that no matter how humble or how elaborate, it always smiles a cheerful welcome. Yeah, but the food sale booth now, is Johnson's right there. Johnson's Wax not only protects their fine furniture and woodwork, but gives them a brilliant, gleaming luster that brings out the beauty of the home. Yeah, but... Why, Johnson's Wax is... Hey, what time is it? Almost half past, Mr. Waxy. Or, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> well, gee, I'd better beat it. I want to get downtown before the bank closes and draw out my life savings. I'm going to buy those pickles tonight. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Omaha. Your life savings. How much have you got in the bank? Twelve dollars. Huh? I'd have more, but the Johnson Company only pays me what I'm worth. So long, Molly. Oh, my, I think it's wonderful the way everybody's so interested in my pickles, dearie. I'll bet they Yeah, when I think of Doc Gamble throwing those big, ugly fangs of his into those beautiful, defenseless little cucumbers, or even Wilcox poking at him with his wax-protected fingers, I just... <laughs> feel so badly about it, sweetheart. Heavenly days, you can buy some almost as good. Oh, no, you can't. Not like the ones you put up. Ah, you. You just say that. You bet I say that. Say what? That I can't buy pickles as good as what you put up. That's what I thought you'd say. Why, you can't... (laughs) You can't buy pickles at... Where are them pickles? I want to feast my eyes on them again before those pearls are thrown to the swine at that bazaar. <laughs> well, they're out on the kitchen cupboard now, but be careful with them because... Don't you know... worry, don't worry. I'll be careful. I'll be careful. Ooh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I just got the dirtiest idea. But no, I can't do that. Calling up the grocery store and ordering six jars of store-bought pickles and then switching them into Molly's jars so I could hide her pickles for myself. Ooh. That'd be almost like embezzling. Yeah, only a rat would do a thing like that. A pickle-hungry rat. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me Jimmy Sales Market. Hello, Market. Give me the pickle counter. I want six jars of cheap pickles, quick, and slip them in the back way because I don't want anybody here. To... <laughs> Everybody 
takes nearly 87,000 little seconds ticking by to make a day. And for every second and for every little minute, every hour, every hour, every day, every little flicker of my silly old ticker seems to say softly, why am I always yearning for Teresa? When there is Peggy, Marguerite, and Mary Jane. Why does my heart keep burning for Teresa? When I know that loving her is all in vain. Peggy is delightful, and Marguerite is sweet. And a little smile from Mary Jane can make my day complete. Ah, but nevertheless, there's only one I dream of. Teresa, Teresa, my own. There's plenty of others whose mothers are wonderful cooks. And fifty little nifties who beat her for looks. Why am I always yearning for Teresa? Teresa. What about other girls that I could be around? Why does my heart keep burning for Teresa? Teresa. When she never builds me up but tears me down. What's her magic power that makes me want her near? When she's near somebody else, some all the tales I hear. Nevertheless, there's only one I dream of. Not Peggy, no Margie. It has to be Teresa I love. My goodness, McGee, everybody in town is here, it seems. Yep. The club should make all kinds of money tonight. Yeah, they've already made two Canadian dimes in a Mexican quarter that I know of. I've been trying to spend those things. Oh, hi, Cleek. Hello, McGee. Aren't you having fun, dearie? I just love to go. Oh, there's the weatherman's wife, Mrs. Williams. Hello there, Mrs. Williams. Good evening. Probably. <laughs> you know, I like her. She's always so breezy. Yes. You were asking me if I was having fun. No, I'm not. And I do mean no. These ruckuses leave me colder than the attic of a niggle. I just had my palm read for half a buck by Mort Toops, disguised with walnut stain on his puss. He calls himself, hi, Charlie. Hello, McGee. <laughs> Say, did he tell you anything interesting when he read your palm? Yeah, Mort's kind of nearsighted and didn't realize I still had my pigskin gloves on, see? <laughs> he takes a look at my palm and says I was one of a family of 17. I preferred a life in the open air and spent several years in the pen. <laughs> I was always eating like mud bats and would be married 14 times, and I was an awful ham. <laughs> Personally, I'm about ready to go home. Go home? For goodness sakes, you don't want to leave before the auction off my pickles, I hope. That's the main reason oh, why... Oh, the pickles, yeah. You did take them over to the booth, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I took them. <laughs> I'll say I took them. I took those pickles. When I was over there a while ago, they were trying to auction off one of those little flat angel food cakes that Mrs. Hawkins thinks are so wonderful. <laughs> You know, those foolish little four-egg things that she put so much cream of tartar into? Oh, look, McGee, there's Mr. Wimple. Where? Oh, hi, Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> My goodness, isn't this exciting? Yeah, terrific. This shindig's got about as much real spine-tingling drama as a turtle race. Hey, you look a little mussed up, Wimp. What happened? Oh, I was running the fish pond for a while, Mr. McGee, but I quit. It was too embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yes. People kept paying their dimes and dropping their hooks in and catching me. <laughs> well, even the best of us get hooked at these joints, Wimp. Oh, 
sure I didn't mind getting hooked, Mr. McGee, but they kept unhooking me and throwing me back. <laughs> Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife here. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetie Face is helping out here, too. She's at one of the booths over there selling kisses. Oh, where's your booth, Mr. Wimple? They put it way, way, way down there to the left. Oh, yeah. Under the big sign that says, Fire sale, two cents each. <laughs> oh, oh, is she doing that? Well, she ought to be. Hey, McGee, come on. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Molly. Come on, they're going to auction off your pickles. I'm going down close. Oh, come on, McGee, let's move up closer and see how much they bring. Yeah, yeah, let's watch. <laughs> Look at old Doc shove through there. Is that sucker? Now, ladies and gentlemen, six jars of delicious homemade bread and butter pickles canned by Mrs. Molly McGee. Yeah, that's what you think, bud. I got her pickle pickles. I'm told, I'm told these pickles are absolutely out of this world, and we're going to offer them now to the highest bidder. Six jars. A dollar a jar. Oh, there's a starting bid. Six dollars for six jars, Dr. Gamble says. Who'll offer seven? Seven dollars. Who was that, McGee? Can you see? Was that Mrs. Hawkins? Ten dollars. Hey, that was Foggy Williams, Molly. You see him over there? Ten dollars, I'm bid. Ten dollars for these delicious pickles. Now, who'll make it eleven? Remind me to give Mr. Williams a jar next year. Isn't he nice to bid ten dollars? Ten dollars, I'm offered. Who'll make it? Ten oh five. I said 10.05. And you needn't look at me like that. I've been glared at by an expert. $13. Boy, oh boy. Listen to those suckers go, huh? $16. Pleated crafts. $16, I'm bad. Who will make it $17? $16. Oh, is that wonderful, McGee? $16 so far. Yeah. Sixteen bucks for some store-bought pickles that I don't like. Sixteen, I'm bad. Do I hear a raise? Yes. Sixteen, oh, five. Seventeen, fifty. Eighteen, fifty. $20. Ooh. $20, I'm bid for these six jars of delicious home-canned pickles. And from her own recipe, my Mrs. Molly McGee. Twenty dollars. Who'll say twenty dollars? Oh, this is just wonderful. I'll bet Mrs. Hawkins and those other ladies are fit to be tied, McGee. Yeah. They'll just... Say, when are you going to start bidding? Huh? Bid? Who? Me? My goodness, I, I thought you'd be in there raising the bid every minute. Uh, well, you always oh. said you love my pickles, so... Well, I do. Well, if my own husband, my very own husband doesn't even bid on them. Oh, gee whiz. Well, I can just hear that Mrs. Hawkins now telling everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. But, Molly, those aren't the... Why should I bid? Well, that is... Oh. Oh, Trapped. $22. And Dr. Gamble says $22. 22 months. 22 twice. Are they going at 22? Oh. Her own husband. Her own husband, she'll say. Oh, Her own no, husband Molly. doesn't want them, so her tickets must not be as good as... Uh -huh. 22 twice. Oh, $25. Oh, Mr. McGee, it's $25. Oh, my husband. My big idea.
Fibber and Molly return in just a moment. The most beautiful floor or piece of furniture in the world can be made more lovely if it's polished with genuine Johnson's Paste Wax. I know that's a pretty strong statement, but it's true. Johnson's Wax adds to the original beauty of any fine surface. Tabletops, chairs, all wood surfaces, things made of leather, they all glow with a warm, mellow, new beauty under that shining, hard, protective coat. The grain of the wood, the very texture of the surface are all vastly improved by a gleaming coat of Johnson's Wax. It makes it easy to keep good things looking lovely, too. A light dusting with a dry cloth and dust and dirt disappear from a well-waxed surface. Now, I'm sure you want your fine things and floors to look their best and last their longest. Well, there's no better way to beautify and protect them than with wax. And, of course, there's no better wax than Johnson's Wax. Use genuine Johnson's Wax to bring out the hidden beauty of your home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Oh, you're awfully sweet to outbid everybody else for my pickles, dearie. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of you. Yeah. Live and learn, I always say. Yeah. Come in. Hi, mister. Hi, Miss McGee. Oh, hello oh, there, Hello, Katie. little girl. Come on in. I stopped by for you to give me some money, Mr. McGee. What? Now, look, sis. You're always getting money from me for sodas and candies and yeah, everything else. And, and that's all the more reason why I ought to get money from you now, too, I bet you. Oh, it is, eh? Because, hmm? I says it is, eh? Is why? All the more reason why. Why, why? Why you should get more money. From who? From me. I know it. <laughs> I'm glad you think so, too, mister. On account of this money isn't for me. This is for some other little children over in Europe. Little children who haven't got any money or clothes or even food, I bet you. Oh, yes. I know about them. So, all us school children everywhere are having our own campaign. The United Nations appeal for children to collect money for them. Because they're just kids like we are, mister, and, well, they, they need our help. Oh, I think that's a wonderful idea, Teeny. All over the country, us kids will be knocking on doors and asking grown people for donations. We help our own children here with wonderful things like... Well, like the March of Dimes, and our teacher says all that the children of Europe have is the March of Hunger and Sickness and Cold. Well, that's right, Teenie. The least we can do is to do all we can. Yes, and I'm sure everybody will want to do all they possibly can when their doorbell rings for the United Nations Appeal for Children. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> of Johnson's Wax Products, Racine, Wisconsin, bring you Fibber McGee and Molly every Tuesday night. Be with us again next week, won't you? Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That was the episode Molly's Bread and Butter from Fibber McGee and Molly from January 20th, 1948. I'd like to give a shout-out to Jennifer Sully and Tom Farrell for the great comments. Thanks for the emails, guys. If you'd like to reach out to us, just send an email to oldradiocomedypodcast at gmail.com or click the link in the show's description page. It's always great to hear comments or suggestions from our listeners. That's it for today. Be sure to tune in on Friday when we do... Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world! Yeah!